This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Lovey. Ajayi Jones is back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books for the second time to discuss her children's book, Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess. She also sent me the most amazing swag for my kids. I couldn't decide which little troublemaker to give it to, but it included this adorable apron and wooden spoon and a hat and book and coloring sheet and markers and a pin and so much. It was so sweet and we really appreciate it. Lovey is a three-time New York Times bestselling author, speaker, and entrepreneur who thrives at the intersection of culture, business, and leadership. She is CEO and Chief Creative Officer of Awe Love Media. Her critically acclaimed books, Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual, and I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual, were instant bestsellers and established her as a literary force with a powerful pen. Her first book for young adults is Rising Troublemaker, a Fear Fighter Manual for Teens, debuted at number three on the New York Times bestseller list, and now comes her newest venture and first picture book, Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess. 
Her renowned TED Talk, Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, has over 8.3 million views, has been transcribed into 23 languages, and has placed her in the top 1% of TED Talks of all time. Levy has taken the stage at some of the world's most innovative and disruptive brands, such as Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Twitter, Spotify, Nike, Bank of America, Salesforce, Deloitte, and Clipbar. She's been a featured speaker at noted conferences such as Can Lions, South by Southwest, LeaderCast, 3% Conference, and Makers Conference. Levy is the host of a podcast of the same name as her popular book, Professional Troublemaker. Lovey, thank you for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and interviewing with me to talk about Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. I love Zibby's work, and I'm always excited to share space with fellow lovers of knowledge. Yes. Oh, it's so perfect. And I have to tell you that I started my day today by showering and using the soap or the sponge that I got off of your Instagram years ago at Sapo, right? I think it's Sapo. Yeah, the Sapo sponge two years ago. I'm obsessed. I have probably eight of them now. I buy them for people yes. all the time. That was, yes. that was probably, I'd been following you for a while, but when that popped up, I was like, yeah, I'll, I, now I'll do whatever she tells me to do. You sold me. Listen, listen, I have a Sapo sponge. I have a travel one. <laughs> yes. Oh. I love both sizes. I bought the kids one even, and then I've been using it for me. Oh, I'm so glad. It's just, this is the stuff we need. We need to be exfoliated. All the time. Yes. Taste smooth. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. I love it. Well, I'm so glad you're here today and that we're both uh, clean and prepared and ready for the interview. Amen. (laughs) So I wanted to talk to you just starting off this book. First of all, let me say, I really loved it. It's so well done. I think the kids are going to love it. It's so, the illustrations are really lively, but your text is really just right. And it's hard to do in a picture book. I've read thousands of them and it's just, it's so, it flows nicely. It's, I love the relationships between the characters. There's so much to talk about there that's valuable, but well done. That is such an amazing affirmation. I love to hear that. This is my first kid picture book. And I, I I would tell you, I was like afraid and a little bit daunted by it in the beginning. And I was like, I don't know if I can write a kid's book, but I end up doing it. So the fact that you're like, it's actually dope. I'm excited. I'm so, yes, it's easy to see that. I was reading it and smiling. And that's really a true test for me because I just sort of smile at the books. And I loved Little Lovey. I just... I think connected with her and it's so great. So I kind of wanted to talk, first of all, just about like, you know, how you are obviously a New York Times bestseller many times over and we have, I'm judging you and because you're queen of the the necessary (laughs) side eye, eye, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm because it is very necessary. So that, and then we went to Professional Troublemaker and you have one for teens and now we're in the children's space. But just, will you tell me about, a little bit about the, children's book and how you got there and how you're feeling about it being part of this collection. You know, so Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess felt so right for me to do. For a long time, I wanted to show a picture of like an overconfident kid who's a girl in in, in book form because I feel like we don't have enough of them. You know what I'm saying? Like in the book space, there's just not enough that empowers girls especially. And then a brown girl that... Like me, oh, yeah. it really is hard to find. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote Professional Troublemaker, 
a lot of parents were like, oh my gosh, I wish I had this book when I was a teenager. So I'm, I wrote Rising Troublemaker for the teens to give them the book and actually to give me the book that I needed when I was 16 and need to hear that being different is okay. Yes. So then I was like, you know what? But like the babies also need to hear a story about a little girl who's too much, who always learns that her mistakes don't define her, that she's still lovable in spite of them, right? Like little lovey will always learn because this is the first of a series. I'm claiming that little lovey will always learn that she is worthy, right? Even though she doesn't always get things right, even though she will always learn a lesson and learn how to move forward different. One thing I always want at the end of every book that I'm going to write about little lovey is that she walks away saying, Somebody still loves me, even though I made a mess, even though I got in trouble, even though I didn't make the right decision, I am still okay. So that's why I wrote it. I have goosebumps. I find that so beautiful and inspiring because we, kids especially, they need that grace so much for themselves and to know that, and especially like you're speaking about kids who are a lot, kids who, you know, their desires and their, their visions outweigh their abilities and Correct. so they're just kind of a mess sometimes. And yes. to know that that's a lovable part of who they are and not a part yes. to set aside is just such a gift for them. So I think you captured that really well. And you know, one thing that I actually real- realized as Big Lovey, who's like learning to love herself even more through Little Lovey because I'm giving her more grace, Yes, is that adults need to hear that. You know, so many of us are perfectionists. And the moment we make mistakes, okay? Yeah, uh, hand raised. A perfectionist right <laughs> yes, here. Yes, The moment we make a mistake, we have a bad decision, we make a bad choice, we have a bad day, we end up thinking we're a bad people. So I kind of put the lessons that I wanted to hear into what Little Lovey's also going to be learning. Like, because if we heard that enough when we were little, that like your mistakes don't define you, we are less likely to become the adults who scalp ourselves every time we don't get something right. Every time it does not go the exact way we want it to go. Every time we might feel embarrassed by something, right? So I'm like, I'm pouring all the grace I don't usually give myself into little lovey. And I'm hoping she pours it back into me and she's already started. So that's been, it's been gifting me right back to me. Oh, that's such a good thing to hear. It's so true because we do, our inner voices are horrible. Yes! (laughs) They're just vicious. And so the idea that you can replace some of that a little bit for yourself and then also to think if kids have those tools and those voices and they hear them differently earlier, like what a... Yes. Just especially since mistakes are part of the process. And I still hate it, but apparently it's true. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I hate making mistakes. Let the record show. I hate making mistakes. It It is... I value myself on being somebody who's excellent. It's one of my big core values. It is. Yes. So making mistakes really just like punches me in the face differently. And I'm just yeah. like, oh gosh. So yeah, for, for, for little lovey to make a mess in this book mm-hmm. and her mom tells her, okay, I want you to fix this, but I still love you. It's an affirmation. I think a lot of us just need to hear. So the baby's hearing that now. Yeah. All right. Amen. You're exactly right, though. Adults need to hear it, too. And I maintain, A, that you're never too old for picture books. And that Facts. there are still books that I read as an adult that I that make me feel feelings that I need to feel in that same way where there's a... Because we are all on this, 
you know, journey of trying to heal the little people inside us since they're still Correct. present. And so yes. this idea that we're able to do that. So yes, I think your book will be for both young people and older people. <laughs> Big people and yes. <laughs> big people and little people. We yes. all need it. But no, I'm so excited for the little people to hear it too. Cause they're gonna it's so colorful. And I want it to be colorful so they can be like, oh my gosh. It's beautiful. The illustrations that Joey did are incredible. Now, how was that process? Did you because I know typically you finish all of the text and then send it to the illustrator. Was there any was that how it went for you? Was there any collaboration before then? Yes, there was collaboration beforehand. So I had a great time doing this with Joey Spioto. Like he nailed it. So what we did before we even came up with the book yeah. was we came up with the characters. So I went to Joey and I was like, help me build this world, this character. So I've actually built five. Y'all only see three in this book, but there's five that's already been built. So once we built the characters and how he built Little Lovey, he had me send pictures of me when I was young and now to him. So you got kind of created it from that. But what's interesting is I am very much the little lovey I was. So like mm-hmm. I sent him a picture of me when I was young, when I was wearing a purple fedora, a purple velvet dress. I had two gold chains on and a red lip and I was six. <laughs> so I'm like, just to be clear, I'm just baby that girl, <laughs> just taller. So he literally <laughs> took that. He took the version of me now and he merged it. And literally it's the same person. I've had the same face since I was born. So Amazing. when he sent me the first illustration, I melted. Oh. He and we went through a couple of we went through a couple of rounds because at one point Little Lovey looked too cool. Like mm. so because my hair is colored right now. So he colored the top of her head. OK, so she was really I mean, she had chains on, which funny enough, that was actually me as a kid. But I was like, let's uncool her a little bit. You don't want to so make we her took too her. intimidating. For the exactly reader. for the yeah, baby. For the so uncle. I said, you know what? Let's take the colors off. <laughs> Let's take her chain off, but she still has her earrings on. Her gold studs are there. Okay. I love them. And he built her sister based on my sister. He saw a picture of my mom. And then we went and then I was like, okay, so what is the story that needs to happen here? So then yeah, I wrote the story about her trying to cook. I sent it to Joey. And I promise you, from the first illustration, I was like, yes. Like all we did was have to add more colors. I was like, you know what? Let's make it a little bit more colorful. I don't know what like much about interior de- design, but I said, go nuts. Make it yes. warm. And he exploded the colors. And I was like, yes, thank you. It's amazing. Even the illustration page, I'm thinking of the spread with the soap, the color <laughs> for the soap. It's so beautiful. It just is that <laughs> pop seafoam. Like the, I, yes. I was so impressed with all of those details. So yes, I'm glad you went wild on the color. That's I, That was one of my questions for you was whether you had a sister, because I feel like the sister relationship, as soon as she pops up, AirPods in, like, <laughs> I don't have time for this right now. I just, I'm an older sister. So I was like, yeah, that's me. A hundred percent. I definitely have an older sister who's six years older than me and I'm the baby. So that is facts and true. Like, I don't have time for your foolishness. What do you want now? And yet I still bring the foolishness to her. Like, I got this. I'm going to do it myself since you want to be rude to me. I I got this. Meanwhile, you didn't. I don't have this. No, didn't have it. I don't have this at all. No, but I I thought I did. Yes, I, I can really relate to that. Oh, I just, the colors and all of it, the illustration, that's great that you were able to work with him in that way 
yeah. uh, to develop it. That's really cool when, you know, and yeah. I think illustrators are amazing because they're basically translators, right? They're just taking the words, but they, it's, it's less like creating and it really is like they translate. Sometimes they can hit things and you think that's exactly how it should have been done. No, like he hit it. So like, I had so much fun working on this book, like from start to finish me and Joey, we just go back and forth in emails. And he's like, all right, here's another draft. And I'm like, nailed it. Bet. Yes. <laughs> and I would say, I kept on changing my mind on certain elements because so I, some of the stuff I had really good fun with was her shirt. Yes. So at first her shirt was just a plain steel shirt. And mm-hmm. then towards the end of the process, I go, I feel like her shirt is missing. She seems like a kid who would like graphic tees. Cause I love graphic tees. Yes. I was like, can we just put a heart on it? So we put a heart on her shirt and that was like, I was like, perfect. Nailed it. We got it. She's definitely that kid who goes to target and goes, I want that t-shirt mom. I want that one. Yes. So she yeah. is perfect. She's perfectly cool because I also noticed the graphic tee and I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I'd wear that. I think that would work. That. Yeah. yeah. Adult me wants the shirt. <laughs> Joey, make me an outfit that adult me wants to wear. Oh, that's what Thank we you. should do. That's what you should do is um, get yourself a matching outfit. So I am for my book tour. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely be wearing a little trouble. I'm going to be little lovey. I will be wearing a jeans. I will be wearing a teal shirt. And I found the perfect shoes to match the shirt. Oh, stop. I'm very happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. That's so exciting to me. Legit. Yes. Those are the things that, those little details that, and that's what's so fun. I feel like about children's books too. There's just yeah. a world of joy there that is, yes. I mean, writing a book is wonderful and publishing all the things are really special and magical, but children's books just, they, there's so much freedom and yeah. in the way that you share it. And so that's awesome. Yeah. Good. Yes. Like it was fun. Oh, that's <laughs> really fun. Now we have your outfit planned. We, I say like, we, like I was involved, but you know, Look, <laughs> hey, we do have my outfit planned now. Perfect. Here's a question for you. How did you, so I was reading and listening to your podcast that you yeah. had recorded about little troublemaker and yeah. you had talked about the five lessons that you wanted little lovey to know. And yes. are those, did you start there or did you start, you started with the characters obviously, but did you have those in mind before you came up with this story or that no. was after? Oh, interesting. Truly. I wrote the story because I wrote, I wanted to write a story about this little girl with a big heart, big personality, big feelings yep. in this tiny package who always feels like she can do something. Right. Yeah. I wanted to really write it also because it's so counter to the stories that we hear about girls. Mm-hmm. So then it was once I wrote the story, I was like, oh, yes, these lessons were already infused into the spirit of the story. So I pulled those lessons out and said, all right, because, yeah, I wanted to show that our good intentions, we always got good intentions. Again, I know this kid. I was this kid. And y'all are raising this kid mm-hmm. who has such great intentions. They're so kind. Right. But their execution is often trash. (laughs) You love them so much. You're like, I see you. I see what you try to do here. But no, it's bigger than you. And, you know, I also wanted to think about that moment before we all got that abused out of us, Mm. bullied out of us, you know. So I wanted to just write that story. So when I wrote that story, those lessons popped out at me. And I was like, that's the lessons that these little girls, like these little girls or boys 
want to know and want to hear because they really do want to do something good in the world. Yes. They're just so kind and they're just like, I can do it. I want to help. I want to help. I want to do this thing. But they just don't know where to channel their energy. So I just wanted to write that story. But the, the lessons were embedded. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the cat in the hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Mm. I think that really speaks to you. And I've seen this since I've followed you for a while. You really do have a commitment to authenticity and knowing knowing who you are and your, yeah. you know, what lines up for you and what feels right yeah. and true. And so it's not surprising to me that what came out in your children's book was totally in line because I think it it's just a credit to what you're trying to do and create. I think it's yeah. really cool to see and neat to see yeah. those younger ones. And it had what, to, it had to exist. Yeah. Yes, it did have to. It was meant to be. It's so true. That's such a cool thing about writing a book. I think when it, you hit it right, it's like, oh, I created it, but also I was just sort of bringing it to be. It was meant to be like yeah. that. Yeah, a little correct. I really like what you were saying, and I had actually written this down that little kids have big emotions. So I work in an elementary library and I think the way that your book honors the bigness of that emotion, but it's so true for adults too, that, you know, I have 
far too many feelings and not always the skills to (laughs) wrangle them or to get them where I need them to be. So it's that same feeling of that. I really just watched, yeah, staying true to that little girl. It was, it was a really, a really cool thing to see. How did you decide on what Lovey was going to attempt to make? So I decided that Lovey was going to attempt to cook jollof rice, which is my favorite dish. I'm Nigerian, born and raised. And you know, every culture has their rice. Mm. Every culture. There's Spanish rice. There's jambalaya in New Orleans. There's fried rice in Asia. Yes. So the West African version. Think about it. Every main culture has their rice. Okay. There's Birani in like India. Like we all got it. So for us, the West Africans, we have jollof rice. Okay. Tomato based. It's my favorite thing. I talk about it all the time. It's a big cultural piece. So I wanted to also bring that piece of myself into this story. Mm -hmm. Like, what would she do? I'm also the person who even today still mostly eats Nigerian food. Like, you won't catch me eating sandwiches often because I feel like my spices, if my tongue is not on fire, have I actually eaten? (laughs) Have I actually eaten? Okay. These are the questions. Okay. So I was like, you know what? What would happen? What would she want to do? She'd find a sandwich in the fridge and be wildly disappointed <laughs> and be like, uh-uh, where, where is the rice? And and if there's no rice, I'm going to try to make it happen myself. Yes. Yeah. I'm not eating those nasty leftovers. Thank you very much. No. <laughs> I'm going to try to cook a four-hour process myself because overconfidence. Because why? <laughs> Audacity. All right? <laughs> Audacity. Yes. That's all over. Audacity and destruction. So there That's you it. go. Yes. That's it. Like, yeah. Oh. I love it. So let's talk about at the end of the book, you know, you do a good job. So you talk about little lovey, she makes a mess and then she's cleaning it up. I love also the moment of just reconciliation with her mom or not even reconciliation, but just, you know, that she's getting that forgiveness that she needs to give herself. There's just so many lovely lessons in this book that aren't too heavy handed, which I really appreciate because sometimes it can get too too explicitly stated and then we kind of lose the magic of it. So you did a really nice job with that. What for you, so then at the end we're talking about, you give a nice little disclaimer about, first about jollof rice and then about the, what good trouble actually is. So what do you hope, like what's your definition of good trouble? I think good trouble is the type of trouble that makes the world better than we found it or the room that we are in better. Mm. So, you know, I told the kids to be their best selves, to say kind things, and then to to speak up when they see something unfair, if they feel safe. You know, because I know kids hear trouble. And I'm I am also trying to redefine the word trouble and troublemaker because often it's attached to people in a way that weaponizes and dehumanizes them. Mm. But like I think your trouble can be good in a world that's deeply unjust. So encouraging kids that, yes, sometimes when you do make a mess, sometimes when you do get in trouble, sometimes it's necessary trouble, like the late, great John Lewis said. So yes. I wanted to leave them with that guide that, like, this is something you can channel your energy to make the world better, to make your community better, make your family better. I think that's a valuable message for them. I, When you were a little troublemaker, what was... Do you have a memory of something like this happening or was it a regular occurrence for you? <laughs> oh, I got in trouble for my mouth all the time when I was little. I was 
definitely the kid that got in trouble for saying stuff she wasn't supposed to say because what happened was, so I had an older brother who I consider my arch nemesis. Oh. As older brothers are, right? Obviously. Like, what? <laughs> older brothers are our first arch nemesis. Come on. So I happen to be also be the person who always had to defend herself. Mm. So when my brother would do or say something to me when he thought my mom wasn't watching and I would respond back often disrespectfully on some like, you can catch this smoke. I'd get in trouble for that. And then I'd get upset because I'd be like, but he should have gotten in trouble first because he did this thing to me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was that kid who was mm. like, that just wasn't even fair. You didn't even ask my side. And then what's funny is after I would get whatever punishment, I would go back to my mom and be like, you owe me an apology. <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> like, I wish I was lying. I am not lying. I would literally go to my mom and be like, mom, you should say you're sorry to me. <laughs> that was poor parenting on your part, mom. Make what? it right. <laughs> Legit. No, I would be like, how dare you? How, how dare you punish me when you didn't even ask for my side? And she would just like look at me and oh. with marvel because she's like, not this tiny person telling me that I owe her an apology. Oh, oh yeah. No, I was bold. Oh. I was bold. Yeah. What kind of mom was she in those moments? Or just in general, like what kind of, what are the things that you took from her? My mom. Oh my gosh. So in those moments, the, the gift was that she actually didn't have me get in further trouble for telling her, go tell me, sorry. Like I didn't get the further trouble with that, which is also, she's created a monster because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she really let like, it get out of control. <laughs> she really did. Oh, come on. She would literally just kind of like laugh me off. And just tell me, okay, go sit down somewhere, go continue what you were doing, right? Yes. So I didn't get punished for using my voice to advocate for myself in that way to her, which yeah. was a gift. And I was like, well, my voice matters. Okay, cool. So my mom was very much like, she was very protective of me. I was the baby. So of course, come on, the baby gets away with murder. Oh, and I was really freaking cute. Like, yeah. But overall, I was actually a really like well-behaved kid. Mm. Like I got great, great grades at school. I did my homework without being prompted. Like I was the kid who would come home, drop my bag, pull out my homework, finish it, and then go play. So she, you know, I gave her a lot of reasons to trust me and to really kind of let me do my thing. Cause, and then the trouble that I got into was not like big trouble. I wasn't touching fire or putting myself in danger. Right. I was just using my voice. And um, yeah, so she kind of, she showed me what it was like to be kind. She gave me grace often. She protected me. So it made me feel like I could go out into the world and do big things. Yeah, that's really neat to hear. I love to hear what people got from their parents because it sounds yeah. like she gave you, it sounds like she let you be you and gave yeah. you the guardrails for that to happen in a way that worked and didn't cause you problems outside of things. Yeah, and she was really kind. And I think above all, that's one of the things that I've gotten from my mom the most, like her deep kindness. Mm. Like my mom is such a given person. She will, she would give you the shirt off her back if you said you liked it. My grandmother was the same way. So like from them, I know, I, I was like, okay, I have to be kind. Like I have to give people things that I have in abundance. I have to do my part to be better. I have to make a room better. I have to be really nice to people and make sure like, 
if somebody needs money and I have a lot of money, I should give some them some of mine. So all of that I actually really learned from my mom. Yeah. And I think that was at the core. That's always been at the core of my troublemaking. And that's oftentimes at the core of when kids are trying to do something nice for somebody. It's just this deep kindness. They just want to give back. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that you had space for that. How did you get into writing originally? What is And what does writing... How does it feed you now? Oh, man. So I started blogging 20 years ago. Exactly 20 years ago. I was in college. It was my freshman year in college. My friends peer pressured me into starting a blog. And then I started this blog and I never stopped writing. I fell in love with writing outside the classroom. And I think my writing really kind of took hold. Like one of my friends ends up being editor in chief of the school paper And she's like, I want you to be an advice column. What's funny is that advice column is very parallel to my first ever book, I'm Judging You. Because I used to write it at the back of the school paper. Every Wednesday it'd come out. People would stop me on campus and be like, I read your advice column. That was great. So, (laughs) yeah, all these different breadcrumbs of the fact that I was supposed to be a writer started in college. Um, I've always been in honors English classes, so I actually really started in high school. Okay. I've, so maybe I guess elementary school. I've always been a really good writer, I guess, because I my first course in high school, freshman year, first day, was honors English. Mm. So I've been molded by the teachers around me. Like librarians have been big. Like my seventh grade teacher was my favorite teacher ever. She was my first English teacher that really like said, your work is good. And I'm like, oh, like my grades were off the chain because she's like, yeah, you can write. But I didn't take it as anything. But right. I think college, when I started writing outside of the classroom, and then my deep love of writing took over, and I realized it was my purpose to use my words to shift the world, shift the room, not even the world. Just, I just wanted to shift the room. Yeah. Does that feel like, are you working on another book for adults, may I ask? Or are we? Yes. Okay. I will, I will give you all that. I'm excited about that. So that's probably going to be a 2025 book, but I do have, basically I'll be dropping uh, some, some things in the next couple of years. So exciting. I'm so glad. I love your writing. You have such a good balance It's for adults too. I read, I'm judging you years ago and I just, I loved it. It's such a good, it's, you have such a good way of delivering the hard truth without your kind in it. That's exactly what it is. So you're definitely achieving it. I'm glad Thank that you. you're a writer. I think that you are where you're meant to be. So that's always a good feeling. I mean, I fought it for me because I was like, how do writers make money? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how writers make money. How do they buy shoes? I'm also like, who's going to pay for my shoes? Is it my writing? And then eventually my writing started paying for my shoes. So I kept doing it. I'm glad that it has blossomed and paid for your shoes. My husband <laughs> is still trying to figure out how I make money in this calculus. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. The don't math, worry about it. It'll, the math will check out later. Not, not don't today. worry about it. Right? Yeah. Like the math will math. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yes, the math will math. <laughs> tell him that next time. Yep, it's fine. See, math. I got 10% it's off. Fine. It's like I'm making money and the math will Correct. math. Correct. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See? Yeah. I think we could shop together and I think it would be a disaster. It would be an actual disaster. My <laughs> husband would be like, why did you do it? It would be a, just a ginormous dumpster fire for them, but it would be great for us. It's okay? true. Yeah. And I am. It would shoes, be great for so. us. 
I think we can. I think we can get it done. Sneakers. I can't wear fancy shoes. Oh, listen, I'm the queen of sneakers. I'm like a big sneakerhead. I have like probably 150 pairs. Oh, this is just meant to be. I'm so excited. <laughs> More things we have in common. Absolutely. I love hearing about just this book and coming to life. So I guess my last question for you is, as it makes its way into the world, we're kind of on the cusp of it coming out. This podcast will come out a little bit later, but I'm so excited. What do you hope for Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess? What would be your vision of this is what I want it to do? I want this book to transform little kids. And by transform, I mean, I want them to read it and feel seen, Mm. feel loved, feel affirmed. And they go, that's me. So when I did a parents.com actually launched the cover and the journalist is a mom of two and they're four and six. Mm. So she was actually, they were the first kids to read this book. And she said when she got to the part where Little Lovey was like, I'm not a baby. She said her daughter was like, I say that. <laughs> oh. I was like, yes, yes. So that's what I want. I want them to feel seen. I, I want them to normalize and know that their energy, like there's other people like them in the world. Mm-hmm. If they feel different, I want them to go, oh, I'm not so different. Little Lovey's just like me too. And she acts like me and she'll, I would do that too. How oh, I did that before. And I think that's even powerful. So that's that's the transformation I want, just for them to go, there's somebody else like me who thinks like me, who acts like me, and they're also lovable, and they're also amazing. So I am too. I want it to be a reflection for them. Mm. Well, I do think it will be. So I think you've done a wonderful job, and I can't wait for the world to have it. And thanks so much for talking with me today. This was so much fun. And uh, I'll just, I mean, we'll schedule our shopping date later. I mean, seriously, anytime. I am always a queen of shoes. Like, you can DM me and I'll be like, what shoes are you looking for? Because I'll send you a link. I am the enabler of shoe purchases. Oh, perfect. It's meant Mm -hmm. to be. It is meant to be. Have you seen my my shoe Instagram? No. How have I not? You, You don't know I have a shoe Instagram? I feel I'm getting sweaty right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm right after this. How did I miss this? I have an Instagram that is literally dedicated to my shoe closet. It is at must love shoes. Okay. At must love shoes. And the love is L-U-V-V. Literally, I post random pictures of me in my random shoes because now I use it as like a shoe catalog for myself. When I'm getting dressed, I'll sometimes scroll through and be like, which shoes do I want to wear today? Gosh, It's like clueless on your phone on social media. I'm telling you, literally, the account only, uh, it only exists to document my shoes. That is the only purpose. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm on it. I mean, and I feel like we've done everyone a public service by sharing this today. Must love shoes, L-U-V-V. That's, I mean, you heard it here first. I mean, you heard, come on, Julie, I'm going to be spending your money. I'm actually going to be spending your money. I just want you to know. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Tell your husband I'm sorry, and I'm not really sorry. No, I won't even bother. No. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for the time, and best of luck with the book. Can't wait to see it in the world. Thank you so much, Julie, and thank you for your work. You know, I, I was telling you that like librarians are amazing. Y'all do such thankless work and creating space that exists just to pour words into people. 
is kind of magical. So you're doing magical work every single day. So I, I really appreciate librarians everywhere. Well, thank you. It's my joy. So thank you, friend. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 